let's get it going. All right. We are back in this post-apocalyptic uh, podcast <laughs> about football that we don't even know is going to actually uh, happen. Uh, no, it's current apocalyptic, <laughs> not post. Oh, current uh, yeah. You're correct. Uh, Mike yeah. is uh, Mike is the, the man of the day, and he's going to lead it off with the free agency moves. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about the obvious one first. Tom Brady to the Bucks. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of people uh, already have the Bucks as the favorite in that division. And, you know, I uh, I like Bruce Arians as the head coach over there. I think Tom Brady uh, landed with a guy that, he, that he's going to be able to manipulate and tell what to do. And uh, I, think, uh, I think the Bucks are going to be really uh, competitive in that division. Because uh, the Saints, you know, are gonna they're gonna go thirteen and three or twelve and four, whatever it is. And everybody's gonna be happy about them. But you know, they're gonna lay an egg like they always do. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Tampa Bay acquiring, uh, getting rid of Jameis, and uh, <laughs> acquiring uh, the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady? Uh, Mark, what do you got to say first? What they've upgraded is. Tom Brady will not turn the ball over himself 30 times. He will not have the same number of touchdowns and interceptions. So that's a bonus right there. They will maintain the ball 30 more times minimum because Jameis won't throw it away. The problem with the signing is you've got a strict pocket quarterback behind a very porous offensive line. And I see that they re-signed Joe Haig, an offensive lineman, but Amos was getting pinched from the edges, and their running backs weren't strong enough to block against the blitz. So I don't know what kind of offense Arians is going to run, but it is a definite upgrade, and the day Brady was signed, their odds of winning the Super Bowl went from 40 to 1 to 22 to 1. And their season tickets went up 8,900 within the first minute. So everybody's oh, yeah. jazzed and excited. The weather is going to help him because he's going to be playing in two domes. And eight games in the Tampa Bay Sun. Very few cold weather games. So if they make it to, I think it's best to be a wild card. They make it to nine and seven. But it's tough when you've got Green Bay and Minnesota and other teams like that. So it's an upgrade. And I think they'll actually lead the league or be in the top five in Time of possession because Jameis isn't throwing up lollipops anymore. Um, uh, before we get to Brian, um, I want to ask: Are you guys surprised that Tom Brady went to the NFC? Because the NFC is is uh, a more physical uh, conference. Uh, Brian, what do you think about that? Um, I don't think anything about that, and I'm going to totally ignore that question. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I want to comment. Let me comment on that. <laughs> let me comment on that. Right, there are more pocket passers in the NFC than there are in the AFC. 
Yeah. So the NFC fits Brady's style better, and you he will just have your prototypical play-action pass. The run will set up the pass, where when he was in New England, he was a one-man band. So I think it suits his style much better than the current AFC environment. All right. That's the Bucks. I think they made a huge mistake. Jameis Winston, <laughs> he threw he threw a whole bunch of interceptions. That's correct. But he threw a whole lot of touchdowns too. Bruce Arians has a uh, what I would call a circus offense. It's high flying. They there's a lot of theatrics. And there's a lot of passing. You know, for a young quarterback, that means a whole lot of interceptions. They got Tom Brady on a two-year contract, which means that they expect him to pay off quickly and, you know, right now. Uh, it's, it, it is, it, it's extremely rare for a Super Bowl-winning quarterback to go to another team and win a, a Super Bowl. That's only happened once. You know, it's only happened once. As many times as, as a quarterback has moved to another team, it's only happened once. Tampa Bay has a um, has a strategy of losing, which they're sticking to, and it's superb. You know, teams need to look at that strategy and reverse it, and they will probably uh, learn how to win. The only thing I like about this team is Bruce Arians. Um, even though I feel like He's too stuck on the run, uh, on the passing game. Um, He still has a lot of, uh, he still has a lot of um, good things that are, that's coming from his offense. Even when he was with the the Cardinals, they were throwing up some big numbers, man. You know, and look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was, um, they were third in total offense with Jameis Winston. Third, are you kidding yes. me? And their total, de- and, yes. their, and their total defense, yes. their total defense, they were fifteenth, and that's based upon yardage. You know, I don't, I, you know, we all know that I subscribe to uh, points, but that was total yardage. So you mean to tell me you can't adjust your offense a little bit for James Winston's and his uh, interceptions and improve the defense? No. You're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and then you're going to bring in a Tom Brady in his wheelchair to come and uh, solve problems for you? That's fucking ridiculous. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is a good point. Well, no, Tom Brady was 13-3 and three with bums as wide receivers and a bum yeah. at old bum at tight end. So Tom Brady is going to Tampa Bay on a two-year deal. He's going to be a player quarterback coach for whomever Tampa Bay drafts. They're going to draft either the kid from Oregon, if he's still there, or whomever else is a pocket quarterback, the kid from Utah, who everybody is jumping off the ship about. But look at the possessions that Jameis gave up. 30. That's almost two per game. And he overthrow his receivers. Brady is going to work with Mike Evans and Godwin. They're going to 
do more crossing routes. They're going to do crossing posts. And Tampa Bay will finally offensively be able to have the defenses crowd forward. And then Brady will not throw it behind players. You should look at some of Jameis's passes. Wide open guys over the middle, and he throws it to their back end. So I think, Brian, you... Um, you're drinking too much of the sauce, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I'm going to start with Brian. Actually, I like, I like what you said, Mark, but Brian, Brian brings up a good point. Uh, James Winston also led the lead in passing yards, so uh, the yards are very confusing. If you just look at it on paper, you would think that that team should be, you know, a playoff team, a team that's to be reckoned with, but it really isn't. They're throwing up a bunch of meaningless yards because they're always playing from behind. Now, you're going to throw in a 43-year-old with a noodle arm into an offense that requires you to throw 400, maybe even 500 times in, 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 a, in a season? Unless Tom Brady says, look, we need to dial this back, we need to throw uh, more to our running backs and to uh, you know preserve my arm for later in the season, which I'm not sure is going to happen, it'll be an interesting mix because you do have two of the best wide receivers in the game, 2,000-yard receivers, Goodwin or Godwin and... Uh, Evans, and then you got an up-and-coming tight end in O.J. Howard, so uh, the Bucks look like, uh, on paper, like they should be uh, fireworks in a bottle every week. Um, <clears throat> now let's move on to... Uh, well, one more thing about be- Brady. One more thing. Okay. Brady okay. did not get to show his real skills last year because he had no one to throw to. Oh, so you can throw man. out last year. They were still 13-3. But Brady could maybe prove that he actually has the skills it takes and not being a prodigy of Belichick. So they're not going to win. Listen, Tom Brady Tom Brady is has also benefited from the genius of Bill Belichick. Let's not forget that Bill Belichick usually has a good defense for Tom Brady and a top 10 running game. Top 10 every year. Bruce Arians is not going to give you a top 10 running game. Tom Uh Brady is going to look like garbage, hot garbage, a, uh, as Mike would say, a, uh, a a trash can fire, a dumpster fire. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, I could see Tampa Bay resembling the offensive flow and running back and receiver by committee that your beloved San Francisco 49ers did last year with a quarterback who's not Tom Brady, but he was a Tom Brady understudy. Bruce Arians is not that smart. Look at his track record. He's not smart enough to run the ball. He's not going to do it. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Exactly. All right. Let's see how it plays out. This is, right, I think, the important talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on any podcast in the existence of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah, and the invention of the I, podcast. I didn't think we were going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this much, but it's kind of exciting. All right, so then shut the hell up and let me move on. All right, so uh, so the two the two winners of free agency so far, and what I mean by winners, I mean the, the teams that, that spent the most money so far are the Miami Dolphins and your Las Vegas Raiders. Now, uh, do you think it's uh, uh, normal that the same shitty teams keep 
spending so much money in free agency and keep losing? Do we do we find this hilarious, or do we think that either one of these teams is going to turn their fortunes around by spending all this money? Miami Dolphins have spent um, close to $60 million already in free agency on defense. They've taken guys from the Chiefs, they took two guys from the Patriots, and they've spent all sorts of stupid money on Byron Jones, the guy from the super fast corner from uh, uh, Dallas. Anybody uh, think that either one of these teams are going to turn their fortunes around with all this spending? Uh, Brian, let's start with you. No, absolutely not. Um, the the Raiders need a receiver, a linebacker, and you know possibly a quarterback. Even though I feel like Derek Carr could be um, could be coached up, um, but Chucky is not the type of coach that can coach up a quarterback. You know, people... okay. Go ahead. Okay. Let me stop you real quick. The okay. Raiders, the Raiders. You just said the three things that they just did. The Raiders signed a really good. Uh, they they signed a, a a Rams linebacker Littleton. Uh, the Raiders also signed Marcus Mariota, and they also signed Nelson Aguilar, uh, wide receiver from the Eagles. So now that you know those three players are there, uh, continue. I mean, uh, Mariota is. I don't feel like he's an upgrade from Derek Carr. I just feel like uh, Chucky is not uh, compatible with Derek Carr, possibly personality-wise. Um, I think Derek Carr can be successful in another um, area. Anyway, besides that, uh, I like what the Raiders are doing. The Raiders, uh, as far as their GM is concerned, he's a goddamn genius. We've been uh, worshiping that guy for years when he was on NFL Network and he was making all these genius picks and he just he just thinks outside of what everybody else thinks. He knows what to do. And the Raiders, I feel like they are going to be a force this year. Okay. Well, what do you think about the Dolphins? Oh, fuck the Dolphins. <laughs> all right, Mark. Miami has spent all this money because their owner, the same way Donald Sterling did with the Clippers while he owned them, needs to offset his real estate gains with a tragic loss. So he doesn't want the Dolphins to win. He just needs to put scrubs out there on the field. Like the Clippers. So huh? if you if yeah, if you look at the names that are out there that they signed, Kyle Van Noy and Byron Jones. Yeah. And uh, Jordan Howard. Okay. Arba, Arba yep. from the Chiefs. They might be. They'll be four. They'll be four and twelve. The Raiders, on the other hand, Mike Mayock loved Marcus Mariotti. Yes. He was at Oregon. Loved Drew him in the draft. Thought that he was supposed to be the second coming of whomever. And finally has his wish that the son that he never had, who's an NFL quarterback, he gets to drool all over and try to mold and mentor. And I could easily see if the Raiders start one and three, Derek Carr sitting on the bench. Or I've heard possibilities of the Patriots because... They've got no-name quarterbacks there actually making some kind of trade, maybe giving up a fifth-round pick for Derek Carr. Oh, that would be very interesting. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, I yeah. like that, Mark. That's a good. Uh, that's a great observation. Uh, the quarterback currently, uh, the start, the de facto starter in New England right now is uh, some kid named Jerry Stidham or Stidham. Not really sure what school he's from. So yeah, uh, Patriots are definitely going to be looking for a, uh, a new quarterback. Well, Brian um, well, Hoyer is out there. Brian Hoyer got released. Oh yeah, he just got cut. Yes, he yeah. did. Brian Hoyer so, just was cut. He could go back to New England. He knows their offense. But that oh, kid, yeah, he can that, definitely teach that kid. That young kid. But I also still think, like I said this week, the smartest thing the Patriots could do is get Jacoby Brissett back there. Yes, I that like would, that idea. That would be interesting. But that yeah. kid, that kid in New England, he beat out Brian Hoyer last year for the second spot. And he was yes. the best. Yes, he did. And he was the best quarterback in the preseason. So oh. it's not like. Uh, Belichick doesn't know what he's doing. He brings this kid, Tom Brady, in. You know, he's, uh, what, the eighth? He was brought up in the 16th round. Let's call it the 16th round, okay? And then he brings this kid in. He's, he brings his kid in. He's smart. He, that's, all he, that's all he picks is smart players. He's smart and he yeah. listens, okay? So he coaches his kid up and says, yeah, let's play some small ball. You know, people forget that in the beginning of – Tom Brady's career, they were playing small ball. They were running the ball good, and they had this magical defense. You know, he's going to do the same thing, man. Tom Brady is a product of, of Belichick. It's not the other way around. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. All right. Now, let's transition to uh, my favorite part of this current show, and it's the let's all pat ourselves on the back for being psychic. Uh, the Rams. The Rams have decided and me and Brian discussed this the other day, uh, to just totally unload all these contracts, which was smart. They didn't just try to do it one one little piece at a time. They basically dumped their entire roster onto the free agency market and basically said, we, we failed, we uh, our one-year window closed, and we all predicted it the year that they did this. We said, flat out, they got one year to win this, and, uh, and then they would implode, and they did. Anybody got any thoughts on what the Rams are going to do this year besides stink? Yeah, let me um, let me harp on that real quick. I, you know what? I thought that this was a genius move by the Rams, even though we yes we did predict it. I thought this was the right move until Mike, on a very rainy day, reminded me that even though they did this two years ago with all these crazy contracts and bringing in Sue for $13 million for one year and paying all this crazy money and not paying the right players. They did that two years ago, but then last season, after that two-year period, they paid, they gave away two first-round picks for a cornerback. They were not a cornerback away from winning the Super Bowl, man. They were... A lot of players away from winning the Super Bowl. And, I, you know, once Mike brought that up, I was just like, you know what? These people don't know what they're doing. And I'm done. The Rams Stadium, which was supposed to cost $2.5 billion, now has surpassed $6 billion. Oh. And the state of California announced during this coronavirus crisis that the construction workers at SoFi Stadium are deemed critical 
and essential. So the, the state knows that they need to have this place open by the Taylor Swift concert in July. So the Rams are desperate. They're bleeding money. They have Goldilocks, a quarterback, who doesn't know which bed to sleep in or which porridge bowl to eat out of. <laughs> Gurley was injured before his NFL career got started, so he was already a six-year player the day of the draft. So the Rams are going to be the equivalent, the football equivalent, of my beloved Los Angeles Kings. Oh. My Kings got two cups. They fucking stink. The Rams got a Super Bowl. They fucking stink. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. I gotta agree. Uh, they really, they they really outdid themselves here. You know, they dumped all these players, and it's so they could pay that that one cornerback, Jalen Ramsey. And we even said this before. I'm gonna finish with this Rams nonsense, and then we'll move on. We said this when they acquired him, that they're not Jalen Ramsey away, not even close. They were just signing names that they recognized. It's almost like the guy who's running that team, I think his last name is Sneed, um, that's running that team is just like, oh, I recognize that, that name, let's go pick him up. And now they're firing all these names that he picked up in the first place. Yeah. It's almost like they never did anything in the last two years, which they didn't. It's like a, it's, uh, it's like a fan is picking up free agencies. Agency it's, yeah, you know? it's, it's nonsense, man. But uh, if the XFL ever starts again, the Los Angeles Wildcats will outdraw both the Chargers and the Rams. Mike said that um, that the Rams are going to end up in fourth place again, uh, fourth place this season. And I disagreed, even though I didn't voice it. But now I got to agree. They had to... Um, you know, you, you ever played Monopoly and got so mad that you just knocked the whole board over? That's pretty much what the Rams <laughs> did in this game. They yeah. Need a, they need a defensive end. I don't know if they did anything about that. I'm not really watching that closely. They need a center and a left tackle. And uh, they got a young quarterback. There's nothing more debilitating for a young quarterback to have a shitty team to have to try to will this team to win. Name a, a player, name a quarterback, a young quarterback that has been able to turn a shitty team into a winning team. No, the team has to be able to play defense. They have to be able to, uh, they have to be able to protect the quarterback, and they have to be able to run the ball in order for this asshole to be great. Just like Tom Brady. Let's move on. Fuck the Rams. The Rams signed Leonard Floyd, an edge rusher. Yes. I was just about to say, they Pete. lost Sean Robinson. I don't know where he's yeah. from. Uh, I believe that Sean Robinson used to play for the Bears. Right. Uh, but yeah, Brian's right. That entire team is uh, totally devoid of talent, and it's going to be wonderful to watch them be first place in the NFC. Now, um, <clears throat> as far as the draft goes, um, the draft has been, uh, apparently it's been canceled. It's supposed to be in Vegas this year. Uh, it's been canceled, not necessarily with the picks, but people are not going to be able to attend because of this coronavirus thing. And they're also talking about possibly moving it uh, to Miami and pushing it back to uh, the middle of May. Uh, the new the new dates are being floated around as May 14th, 15th, and 16th. Um, now, do you think uh, 
<clears throat> do you think that this is going to cause teams to uh, panic and want to uh, move a lot of picks so they can get the guys that they want? Or do you think teams, the smart teams anyway, are going to just do what they were going to do before and not worry about all this hullabaloo over this disease thing uh, ruin their plans? Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts? I don't think the coronavirus is going to affect the draft because teams are already set in their mind who they want. But my biggest point about the draft is none of the quarterbacks that are out there are worthy of a first round pick. Oh, absolutely not. And there's been a and also none of the defensive players except from that kid from Ohio state, I mm. think are top 20 picks. That's why you mm. see so many defensive free agents moving mm-hmm. and getting overpaid. <laughs> so yeah. I think, as we always have talked, O-line is really important. So I, if I was a draftee, I would take the kid from Ohio State, number one, look at the big fat guys who were smart, not like your inflated Tony Mandarich type. <laughs> and anybody who thinks they're going to take Tua, and Miami thinks he's going to take Tua, Tua oh. is more injured and injury-prone than Todd Gurley. You had dislocated hip, a major surgery on sprained ankle. We've sprained our ankles oh. before, and we haven't had to go under the knife. <laughs> Guy's got a weak arm. He's eaten more poi than anything else. So I think this draft, this I think this is going to be one of the weakest drafts that I can remember in the last maybe five years. Um, Mark brings up some interesting points uh, about the free agency. And uh, I, I'm glad he mentioned that because I didn't put that together. You know, a lot of guys are getting overpaid, and um, I just now, this week, started to research um, the draft as far as who's out there, and I was having a hard time finding some defensive players that really jumped off the page. Um, Kudos to Mark. He opened my eyes today. You're welcome. Um, I, uh... I like, I like what Mark said. I don't really, I'm not really a fan of the quarterbacks in this draft. Um, there's going to be a few taken really high because that's how bad teams operate. Um, that kid out of uh, Justin A. Bear out of Oregon, uh, he's probably got the best arm out of all of them. Tua is going to get overdrafted because he plays for a school that uh, all the uh, GMs can spell. And, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, overdrafting here. And uh, you're right, Mark. Look at the Miami Dolphins draft. The Miami Dolphins, I'm sorry, the Miami Dolphins free agency alone says exactly to your point. They took a whole bunch of defensive players because they're not convinced they're going to find anything in this in this draft. This draft is very heavy in the skill position. This is probably going to be, and I know we uh, are all on the same boat with this, this is probably going to be one of the best wide receiver classes that you've seen in the last decade. There's going to be a lot of guys going high, a lot of guys running fast times, a lot of guys getting told that they're the next, uh, you know, Jerry Rice and all this other nonsense. But 
as far as defensive player goes, there's a few players at the top. You know, like you said, that cornerback from Ohio State, he's probably the best prospect in the entire draft, uh, pound for pound. But uh, it's going to be a really bad draft. And uh, you're going to see a lot of bad teams pick a lot of players that they think are going to be good, but can't coach them up. So uh, I, I suspect this coronavirus is not going to give anybody any more insight on how bad these players are going to be. And it's going to show how uh, poor, poorly run their front offices are. So uh, the Dolphins right. sign. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was done. The Dolphins signed seven defensive free agents. And they did not address the need at quarterback because they want to go and get Tua. So they they traded a draft pick for Rawson, remember? They traded traded Arizona for that Josh Rawson kid. So um, if it's your belief that they want to stick with him, fine. But I think you're right. I think they're going to take Tua and that poor Josh kid, man. He's been traded uh, more times uh, than I can uh, count. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what Miami does. Uh, that kid's been passed around more than the uh, more than the, uh, the coronavirus. At the high, yeah, exactly. That guy is a poor kid, man. But uh, yeah, you, you you make a good point, man. These these teams are going to panic, especially Miami. Let's talk about the Chiefs. What do the Chiefs need right, right now? Well, the Chiefs lost one of the best defensive players who actually went to Miami. Uh, they haven't added anybody uh, that I saw of note. Um, so I feel like they're just folding their arms and, you know, they've lost a few players. Um, one one really significant one on defense. And they're probably just going to hang their hat on the draft and uh, bank on uh, Mahomes' arm again this year. Uh, you know, typical Andy Reid. Well, they franchise tagged Chris Jones, which was, I think, the most important defensive move they had to make. Yeah. He's a great player. Well, you know. But again, we wouldn't be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs in a positive manner if Kyle wasn't a lunatic. I had to, couldn't go more than 30 <laughs> minutes in the show to say, oh, no, Kyle. And, and yeah. to your point this week, the Atlanta Falcons weren't weren't winning after Kyle left. Well, what was my point? They weren't winning when Kyle was still there. Don't forget, twenty eight to three. <laughs> yes, very true. Well, look, but, uh, let's go back. Go ahead, to, let's go back to the Chiefs. The Chiefs lost Kareem Hunt, and they've had a yeah. bunch of they had a bunch of uh, injuries at the running back position. They're gonna to have to fill that. They just like Mike said, they they haven't done anything about that. You know, um, their ability to run the ball was key in beating the Niners in the Super Bowl, and they're gonna to have to fill that position. And as far as they the re-signed deep, Damian Williams, who got what a hundred and some odd yards in the Super Bowl. He's, yeah, he was the best running back, but uh, and he came points, They need more depth. And they need an outside linebacker. I mean, um, their defense, their defense just came online when they were playing the Niners. I don't know how they did it, but they they figured out a way to come online, and their defense was bad all season. You know, yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to get away with that two years in a row. Yeah, 
if the Niners didn't abandon the run, the Chiefs would have not have won the game. You can't give the Chiefs credit on defense at all. It was Kyle being Kyle being a lunatic. And that's it. Why don't we talk about the biggest trade in free agency and how it impacts the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals? Let's go to our Arizona correspondent right now. Mike, (laughs) go ahead. Oh, man. Okay, so when I saw this come across the wire, it immediately reminded me that Bill O'Brien is is the head coach of the Texans, and he's also the GM. And throughout history in the NFL, GM head coaches almost never uh, pan out. They usually fall flat on their face and they get fired. The only one that's ever been able to do it consistently is Bill Belichick. And it just seems like Bill O'Brien doesn't like his players. Uh, he talks trash to them. Apparently, he told uh, DeAndre Hopkins in a confidential interview that came out after D-Hop was traded that he wasn't a fan of the fact that he kept bringing his baby mamas around the facility and he wanted them to keep that shit outside. And so it's uh, it, it's not surprising to me that not only did they trade the best, who I think is the best wide receiver in the league, uh, to Arizona for basically a ham sandwich and a Diet Coke, but the fact that Bill O'Brien still has a job, the fact that he wasn't fired after letting Kansas City hang 50 points on him after they were up 24-0 to in a playoff game is beyond me. I'm not sure what the owner in Houston is doing. I'm not sure what that guy thinks is going on over there, but it clear, it, it, it's clear to me from the owner on down that winning in Houston is not a thing. I even tweet. I don't tweet players. I even tweeted J.J. Watt. And called him out. I was like, why do you play for this winless, garbage organization? Why don't you ask for a trade to a team that actually would give you a, a reason to play hard? I know you want to play hard for yourself and this ego because they pay you a lot of money. But you're going to waste your entire career, just like a lot of these other players have. You're going to waste your entire career playing for a team that doesn't give a shit uh, about the W's and losses and only gives a shit about the bottom line. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be one of the top teams in the NFC this year, and nobody wants to admit that. What? Now you just gave him Kyler Murray, uh, the best receiver in the league, on top of having Larry Fitzgerald? J.J. Watt, Watt could uh, possibly be the greatest uh, defensive player of all time if he could stay on the field. J.J. Watt does not have a choice. He has a huge contract that he's still under, and he yep. can't stay on the field. So he has to stay there. Yeah. The right. assistant general manager for the Houston Texans is the team's chaplain. Now, if that doesn't tell you <laughs> that these guys are praying every day and just living on faith and a hope string. When I heard that this week after the trade, I'm thinking... Yep, they're trying to look at a, a power higher than themselves because they can't do their own thing. But I really think the Rams will finish fourth because Arizona surprised everybody. They definitely surprised me, and I'm still eating crow about that when I thought they would go 0-16. Well, yeah. I could see them actually being a 6-10, and 7-9 team while the Rams go... Well, they're going to be 17 games, so the Rams will go 4-13. and 13. 
Listen, okay, man, so they'll be four and twelve. The yeah. Arizona Cardinals were, as far as rushing, as far as yards are concerned, they were thirty second, and they were totally last in the defense. Okay, yes, they they went ahead and figured out what they were going to do at wide receiver. Um, they need a tackle. They got to uh, revamp this uh, offensive line to protect this kid. And the defensive oh. line is uh, is what's going? To, name a player on their defensive line. Their defensive uh, line. Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs. That's it. Their defensive line is garbage. Terrell Suggs is like forty, man. He's like my yeah, age. exactly. You know, so the, oh wait, no, Terrell Suggs went to the Chiefs. I'm sorry, he got he he got cut in time with the Chiefs. It's just Chandler Jones over there. I apologize. Jordan, they signed Jordan Phillips. Their passing defense was thirty first. Oh, wow. Their passing defense was thirty first. Their oh. uh, rushing defense was twenty fourth. Where, where's the defensive moves? Where are they putting, uh, grabbing defensive guys? And yeah, I don't think they should do it in in um, in uh, free agency. But what are they gonna do in the in the draft? There's not a lot of defensive players. There's nobody that jumps off the page. Arizona. Well, they doomed. got Jordan. They got Jordan Phillips from the Bills, who had nine and a half sacks. So that's what I think was their upgrade. But they that's one guy. An opposing well, defense. Like I said, they were worst thirty first worst in the past. Patrick Peterson is not Patrick Peterson anymore. He's just a name. And uh, there's nobody else out there. Honey Badger's not there. And who else do they have? They have nobody. Opposing you know? defense. Well, where do they, how, what draft picks do they have and in what rounds? Do you have any insight on that, Mike? Yeah, give me, give uh, me a second. I, give me a second and I'll, I'll bring that up. But um, the, uh, the Cardinals, they don't have anything going on, man. They have a quarterback who's young and he willed themselves to a few wins. But this guy now opposing defenses have 16 games of film on him now, and they're going to take away all of his uh, his goodies. And no running backs. No. They running traded backs. away David Johnson and that other kid that they had, the guy they got acquired from the Dolphins, Drake. He popped off last year, but that's because nobody knew what kind of offense they had. Here's... Now that they know. They're just going to load the box on, on them and dare Kyler Murray to uh, make those throws. Yeah, here's something. And he that, might make a few of them. Here's something that jumps off the page. They were 10th in rushing. Yeah, but that's because of Kyler Murray running for his life. Maybe. He had and running for the rushing last year. If you take away Kyler Murray's rushing yards, he has 500 yards. He was second behind Lamar Jackson, who had 1,100. You take away Kyler Murray's 500 yards, they're probably somewhere in the high teens, low 20s. Yeah. Yeah, and so, if they if they have picks between the third and fifth rounds, usually you get some big Oklahoma or Texas corn fed guy. So, but talk let's talk about the the changes in the backup quarterback picture. There's a lot of Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. You got Teddy Bridgewater is going to be competing, supposedly, competing with Kyle Allen for the starting job. I think that they're saying that so Kyle Allen doesn't go grab his blankie and go cry in the corner. 
Because Kyle Allen is going to be the starter. Definitely. Now, he is an upgrade from Tammy Newton, definitely. But do you think that the Carolina Panthers are going to flounder or actually compete somewhat? Where is Cam Newton even going to go? He's going to go to Washington with Ron Rivera. Cam Newton is still the property of the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton is still under contract. Cam Newton is looking for a trade. Um, I saw, I heard someone float around Cam Newton to the Patriots uh, would be something that uh, uh, would be viable. But I think I think Mark's right. I would like to see him in Washington. Uh, I believe that Dwayne Haskins' kid is probably not the one. I believe they overdrafted him and he's never going to pan out. So uh, I like uh, the reunion. Cam Newton, Ron Rivera in Washington. Let's go. Ron Rivera. My prediction is Cam Newton is going to be traded this week to Washington for a third-round pick. Ron Rivera, it, something that cannot be denied about Ron Rivera is that he knows how to win. The guy yeah. knows how to freaking win. I don't see how, well, you know, the Carolina Panthers, they were flopping around a little bit, and it just wasn't working anymore, and I understand that. So I can – I was going to say that I didn't know why they got rid of him, but, yes, I do know how why they got rid of him. But he's getting a fresh start. He knows how to coach men. He knows how to lead men. And, uh, oh. yeah, if Cam Newton goes over there, he's, he's – uh, Ron Rivera is going to figure out a way to uh, win games in Washington, man. Especially, yeah. especially how weak that division is, he's gonna win some games. Washington drafted one of the best rookie receivers last year. I think his last name is Lauren L A U R I N, um, and uh, you know, with uh, whoever was over there. So you put a guy like Cam Newton with a star receiver and a star tight end and a and a defense, by the way, that uh, is up and coming. If they can get a, another nice one or two pieces in the draft and coach them up. That, uh, that defense over there might be something, and Cam might be able to put together a better-than-eight-and-eight eight season. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but uh, look out for Washington to make it some uh, some decent noise this year, man, if they uh, if they smarten up and go get Cam. Because I think Ron Rivera needs somebody he knows uh, to make his first year a success, and then he can go get whoever else he wants later. Let's talk about the following. Wait, one yeah. thing people forget about Ron Rivera is he's an excellent coach of running backs at the same time. They talk about quarterback and defense. You've got Adrian Peterson still in Washington. He's got a little years left. And they've got this running back by committee. And Washington actually signed some, maybe they're decent, Mike, maybe you know the names, offensive Offensive guards, Brandon Sheriff, yeah, franchise Yeah, Sheriff's one of the best guards in the league. Yeah, they franchise, and yeah. they got Schweitzer from Atlanta. I'm not sure who he is, but he probably stinks. Yeah, we're talking about Atlanta. Atlanta. Let's let's talk about the Browns because the Browns were very active <laughs> in free agency. As and always. I think they have to wipe the egg off their face from reading their own headlines last year. They are always extremely active in free agency, which is why they're always flopping around. They are the Will Ferrell of the NFL. 
They are, uh, you know, they're pure comedy. And now they're shopping. Yeah. Now there's there's reports that they're shopping OBJ. Well, I call him ODB. Again? I feel like he's yeah. ODB. ODB the is Raiders. Yeah. They are. I mean, because they're the Raiders, yeah. How many times have we seen throughout history, I mean, look at guys like AJ Green. Look at all these receivers that keep going to these really bad teams, and the team can never support them, so they suck. Why would a team, prior to being able to put a supporting cast around a guy like OBJ, even trade for him? Well, that was because the GM and the Giants wanted to get rid of him, and so they're like, oh, we're not going to trade you to the Niners. The Niners will, will uh, crush the entire league and set the world on fire. We trade you there. Let's trade you to the Siberia of the NFL. Let's trade you to Cleveland and see how well you do. And guess what? That GM of the Giants is looking more and more like a genius. That $15 million is weighing heavier and heavier every single year. you got to pay OBJ to do dog shit, to do nothing. They're not even targeting because Baker him. Mayfield can't give him the ball. Because you can't win games to, to support a $15 million a year receiver. It doesn't make any sense, but that's why the Browns are the Browns, and they never win anything. They're the Browns signed. I think the interesting signing of the Browns, was they signed Case Keenum to a three-year, $18 million deal. <laughs> uh, that's Are they scaring Baker Mayfield? Exactly. Are they scaring him? Or well, they Case Keenum is a winner. Confidence in him? No, exactly. Case Keenum is a winner. Case Keenum has right. put up W's in the, in the win column. Yeah. It's Baker Mayfield. Either you step up and be the guy that we drafted you to be, or Case Keenum is going to come in here for a year or two, be the stopgap that he is, and take us to an eight or nine win season, and you're out until we find someone right. else. Case Keenum was, is there to, to either light a fire under Baker Mayfield or have him tuck his tail and leave town. That's why Case Keenum is there. Yeah, and they signed Austin Hooper. They... Took, took him away from the Falcons. Oh, yeah. The Niners ran on him. And he's a great possession. He's like a Jason Witten type. Not fast, not the strongest, but catches the ball consistently, is always open. He's going to be Baker Mayfield's security blanket. They told Baker Mayfield, look, we're going to give you a guy that anytime you don't know where to go, go to him. You're going to see you got to light the world on fire in Cleveland. Watch. Remember the relationship that Case Keenum had with Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota. Yeah. Case Keenum could have the same relationship with Austin Hooper. Yes. So exactly I think these were in. two very important under-the-radar signings, especially Keenum, that only scholars of our level would actually pay attention. The only good thing about the Cleveland Browns is their fans. Uh, I cannot explain how these motherfuckers are still going to these games. Now, I was in Arizona, uh, and um, it was during a Arizona home game, and Cleveland Browns were, were playing in Arizona, and Mike can attest to this, that there were so many Cleveland fans out there. I, I, yeah. It was mind-blowing, and, and I, I was overhearing conversations, and some of these people were flying in to see this fucking game. They're, yeah. you know, hats off to these fans out there, man. They are committed. <laughs> yeah, they should be committed for committing their fandom to a team that's never won a Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. But that's neither here nor there. 
Let's talk about the podium for 30 seconds. Let's talk about the Gurley Gurley signal. Let's talk about the Falcons. Now, they were 30th in rushing offense. They picked up Gurley with the fucking knee problem. They still need a left guard. I don't know if they fixed that or not. They need a defensive tackle, and they already got their running back. Um, And I'm not not totally sure, but didn't they let um, Dante, Devontae Freeman walk? Yeah, the day they signed Gurley, they cut Freeman. They need a committee of running backs if they're going to have Gurley and they're going to have any type of success. Just like Mike was saying on Twitter, they're going to need a few guys over there. He's only good for 20 carries, like Mike said. I predict that Gurley, if they make him be the workhorse, he will blow his knee out by week four. Oh, yeah, There's no way. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I- there's no way you can you can I, all these Atlanta fans are like oh my god and you know what's funny I saw he should have went to Tampa Bay just to give Brady uh, that guy because they already have Ronald Jones over there who's a really good runner but I realized you know he went to the he went to Georgia in college so he's going to Atlanta for the reunion aspect but like you said if they don't have two or three other guys back there and he he should be just a third down scat back man he just needs to be a guy who can touch the ball. Uh, 20 times, 20 times, that's ridiculous. If Todd Gurley gets a ball more than 8 to 12 times a game, you might as well chop his leg off now and put him on IR. Because it's not happening. It's not happening. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to be fine. Well, no. The guy, the guy blew his knee out two years ago and he hasn't recovered since. And people keep talking about, oh, workhorse this, workhorse that. Look at the league. The league is going back to... The Patriots have... Oh, Mike, Mike is breaking uh, up. Mike is breaking hello? up there. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So this whole this whole buying names and 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 one horse one horse race uh, running back uh, uh, stables that that's a thing of the past, man. Todd Gurley was hurt in college. He had knee injuries then. But they can't use him as a third-round back because he's the NFL equivalent of Roberto Duran. He has hands of stone. Yeah. Literally, he tries to catch a football like it's a rock. I think that's where the term catch the rock and run the rock came from because he's got hands of stone. Yeah, you're right. There's a reason why they're running backs. The only guy who I've ever seen come back... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Only guy who I ever saw come back from devastating knee injuries in college Frank and have Gore. a career is Frank Gore. Yeah, Frank Gore's the only yeah. one. And he's arguably, yeah. he's arguably, we, Mike, Mike and I talked about this comparing the stats to uh, Peyton, Walter Peyton. He's possibly uh, on pace with Peyton, Walter Peyton. Nobody yeah, talks but about nobody's that. ever going to admit that because he's not flashy. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals just signed Brent Hutton. Resigned Brent Hutton? Or was he already there? Uh, he, yeah, he was the backup quarterback. He uh, he, he was a, he was the uh, backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay two years ago. Yeah, he just got yeah he yeah he got he signed one year deal by the Cardinals. 
he fits the system. If Kyler Murray goes down, they won't skip a beat. That guy actually played for Kyler Murray. He was Kyler Murray got injured for like two quarters in one game, and they ended up still winning that game. So that's a good signing by them. Now uh, let's talk about the luckiest free agent in last year's free agency and this year's free agency. And I'll give you both one guess on who that person is, and then I'll give you a clue if you can't get it. <laughs> Uh, he won a Super Bowl that he didn't deserve on an illegal formation. Oh, Nick uh, Matt Foles. Nick oh, Foles. Nick Foles. <laughs> Nick Foles gets a huge contract in Jacksonville. Gets a shoulder separation, broken collarbone, out for the year. Now he's fighting to be the starting quarterback of your Chicago Bears. How lucky! Oh, there's not going to be any fight. There's not going to be any fight. As long as Mitch Schultz is breathing, he's going to put Mitchell Trubisky on the bench. 100%. But Nick Foles is a bum. He's the richest it doesn't matter. in the NFL. Mitchell Trubisky is not, is, isn't, is, okay, if he's a bum, then this guy's homeless under a bridge. I don't give a shit what you say. Mitchell Trubisky is garbage. Nick he's Foles. a dumpster fire inside of waste management. <laughs> In the trash bag. Nick Foles if led Mitchell a Trubis- team. If Mitchell Trubisky is homeless, that means he's got to play in Dallas in Jerry Jones's building for homeless people. Listen, as Nick, you kept yes. saying last Nick year. Foles led a team yes. of men to the Super Bowl and won that motherfucker. He is not trash. You could argue he's that. You, you could argue that <laughs> the guy may be a system quarterback or whatever, but that guy fought that year. He fucking fought, yeah. man, and he delivered. I, I agree with Brian on that. He's a bum. The Chicago but Bears, he hasn't he hasn't pulled that out of his ass yet. He hasn't done that. He hasn't repeated that. The Chicago Bears were twenty seventh in offensive rushing and twenty fifth in offensive passing by yardage. Uh, their defense was was still top ten in uh, a lot of categories. They need a uh, they need a tight end, and they need a guard. Um, you know, I don't. They think... signed Jimmy Graham. Yeah, they're, so oh, they yeah, still they... need a tight end. That's right. So they don't need a tight end, but Jimmy Graham is uh, he's aging. And yeah, I think they also they... signed. They got Robert Quinn. They signed him. And is Danny yeah. Trevathan? Isn't Danny Trevathan one of those? Guys like Perfect, who are more of a dirty player than a by-the-rules player, or am I getting mixed up with somebody else? Nah, Trevathan's a good guy. He I just got know. a big, fat deal, and he deserves it. I don't he know, He used to but play for the Colts. I, oh, no, he used to play for the Broncos. i tell you what. How do you think Khalil Mack feels about being on the Bears now? i tell you what. I was just about to talk about Khalil Mack. Um, you know, I think we can all pat ourselves on the back by um, – Saying, stating the fact that we all uh, applauded the Rams and Mike Mayock for trading Khalil Mack to the Bears and the Bears. The Raiders, not the Rams. I mean, I'm sorry, the to the to the Bears. No, he traded them, the Raiders. Yeah, but Raiders. you said the Rams traded. Oh, no, no, it was the, the Raiders. Raiders who traded. Who gives a fuck? They're all garbage. Even though the Raiders, <laughs> even though I, I take that back, the Raiders are. I think the Raiders are going to be really good this year. But Mike Mayock, he made a uh, a genius move in trading Khalil Mack, and every nobody's crying about it anymore. Everybody sees the Hello? genius in it now. Yeah, 
is concerned uh the the passing game you know of course they could use some uh some some work there but you know josh allen he's a young guy man and i like him he's making plays and he's going to uh mature we got two minutes maybe buffalo will go back to the jim kelly glory days two two minutes left rivers and rivers on indy what do you think about that Oh, I don't like make it a difference. Right. I don't like it at all. I think uh, I, I don't think Rivers can make plays anymore. I think his arm is fucked. Yeah, I think so too. That's a good. That's the reason good why the reason why Philip Rivers went to Indianapolis is because there's a lot of wide open spaces where he can build another plantation, <laughs> just like he's got in True. Carolina, and he's got True. one in Florida, and they don't allow you to build. Plantations in San Diego. Look, if they don't move Brissett, if they don't his, move Brissett, I think Brissett is gonna is gonna freaking win the job in uh, in the off season. Uh, I think I think uh, I think the Patriots are gonna eventually smarten up and realize Phillips the man over there, at least for the next two years, and trade for Brissett. I think Mark's right. I think Mark's uh, Mark's gonna be right here in about a week or two. Thirty seconds. How? how how the signing of DeForest Buckner by the Colts is it going to make a difference? 
No, they, he, they paid him quarterback money to do. Uh, the, he's going to be the best guy on that defensive line. Buckner's going to look average this year, and the Niners are going to look like geniuses. Um, Buckner is is a step behind uh, Aaron Donald. He's very good, and he's going to be good there. Uh, I'm going to stop this right now. All right, yes. Um, the move. I'm seeing what you're to, saying, Brian. About yeah, Buckner. The move to Buck, Buckner over there. I I disagree with Mike. Um, I think Buckner is a is a, a half a step um, behind uh, as good as uh, Aaron Donald is, and I think he's going to be very good. the The problem with a defensive tackle is that their goodness does not come up in stats. They're like uh, offensive linemen. It's like you, you can't you can't really quantify their goodness unless you watch them. And Buckner was very good. It's just that his stats didn't jump off the page like it did the year before, uh, where he had, uh, I think he had double-digit sacks uh, that year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, Buckner wanted to get paid, and he deserved it. Definitely. He he, he ate up the, the double team so AA could get the sacks. So you're right. He, uh, he was AA's uh, sidekick. You know, um, I mean, Eric Armstead got paid. He he's making seventeen million a year, but the way that they loaded it, he's on his cap hit this year is only six million dollars. So, and the Niners get a first round pick, the thirteenth pick. See that that bodes well to all of our predictions about this draft. The, the Colts were willing to trade a top fifteen pick, number thirteen to be exact, for a, a, an already established star defender. The Niners are probably going to take unless there's. The best tackle, offensive tackle in the in the draft there, or the best defensive tackle at thirteen in the draft, they're probably going to take a receiver because Kyle needs that 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 game changer. You're going to see a lot more passing uh, by the Niners this year. But um, depending on what they do at thirteen, um, the Colts the Colts cashed in their uh, their unknown rookie pick with a guy who's already established. So uh, you might be right, Brian. I could totally. Totally be wearing pie on my face uh, if Buckner uh, blows up over there in India. I've been throwing a tantrum for at least two years about drafting a offensive lineman high, and I can see the uh, uh, the the Niners doing that this year. Uh, hopefully, they will. Uh, yes, Joe Staley is a great one. He is a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, um, but he is starting to show his age and yeah, uh, definitely. yeah, you know, and that's, I know that's not fair because the guy has been banged up a little bit and he's never been banged up. Never. Like he's never been banged up and I know he's getting old, but he's was a little banged up this year, but I think it's time to move on. If not that, if not a tackle, but a guard, I would even be happy what, if they kept Staley and got a guard high. Would the Niners try to do something unorthodox? And what they have another first round pick other than thirteen, don't they? Thirty first. We have the thirteenth okay. and the thirty first pick. Now, they have, what second round picks do they have? We don't have a second, third, or a fourth. We traded our third and fourth pick for Emmanuel Sanders. Who signed with uh, the Saints, and we traded our second round pick for D Ford. Okay, so could potentially the Niners take the thirty first, the thirteenth, 
and the 31st, coincidental if you switch the numbers around, then they're the same. And go up in the draft to try to take Trey, Trey Young or whatever the, the young, the Ohio State kid. Oh, because that would help their, yeah, that would help their deep, that would fill their gap and, because really they're not going to get anything, I think, of quality from 13 or 31. And some team would, because you know the quarterbacks are going to go fast. And who's, who's got the second pick? Whoever's got the second pick might take, they might want to chase. Yeah, but I could see them doing that deal, Washington. I could see Daniel Snyder saying, sure, do you want to pay a defensive player top 10 money? We'll take your 13 and 31. Well, see, Niners are doing moves like the Patriots. Uh, Richard, remember when the, the remember when Bill Belichick traded Richard Seymour to the Raiders, and Richard Seymour was the best defensive tackle in the entire league with the Patriots, and then he went to the Raiders and flopped. The Niners would then, even if they did this deal and traded up to get Chase Young, you're taking a guy on a rookie deal with a fifth-year option that's already locked in that you only have to pay X amount of money. It's good business. So if you do package both of those and go get another guy like that. Um, you, you live to fight another day, and you're not in, you're not in salary cap hell like the Rams are. So um, I'm not saying they're going to do that, but um, the, the Niners do need a receiver, and I know nobody wants to admit that. You know, we need another guy who's going to – and this is a very great receiver-heavy draft, um, even though I know none of us are high on the, uh, the receivers, but I think 13, unless there's the best offensive tackle to replace Joe Staley or the best defensive tackle uh, – to replace Buckner, Niners are going to go with receiver at 13. Unless I someone think blows Lynch, them away with a, Lynch, with a package. John Lynch should take offer. You should tweet John Lynch, Mike. Take the 13th and the 31, offer him to Washington, take Chase Young, and they, the Niners should sign Robbie Anderson. He had Darnold for a couple of years. I think he also had Fitzpatrick. If and Robbie Anderson gets a chance to play for the Niners. He might yeah. lower the salary request. And then all you got to do is make it an incentive-based contract with plateaus for catches yeah. and yards. Yeah. I think that's the good combination. And they, the Niners, if you text John Lynch or tweet him tonight, I have a feeling by Wednesday all of that will happen. Well, what, one thing Robbie, people are not talking about with the Niners is the Niners don't have a hell of a lot of uh, space in the salary cap. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to... Like I'm gonna, $13 million left. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to... How make, much? I'm, sh- I'm sure they're going to make Currently some Currently, it's moves. $13 million. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to make some moves here and there or whatever. That's enough but, for Robbie Anderson. But the, the Niners are, um, are a very deep team right now. Um, they don't need to make a lot of moves right now. So I like what what Mark was saying about packaging those two first rounders and uh, moving up to grab somebody. But in the past few years, no one, I don't know if it's a lack of creativity or um, a, a different ideas and value. You don't see a lot of movement in the first round anymore. You know, people feel like these first round picks have a lot of more value than they do have, and they're denying trades. You know, uh, I I just don't I don't I would love to move I would love for the Niners to move up and grab a, a Chase Young, but um, is it gonna happen? I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, Robbie Anderson's actually a name. A lot of Niner fans want Robbie Anderson because he runs real fast. But I heard Robbie Anderson wants anywhere between 10 and $14 million a year. And the Niners still have to pay the rookies uh, that they're about to draft, and uh, that just doesn't seem plausible. The Niners have done nothing but re-sign their own players. They've only signed one guy outside the organization, and it was a guard from the Jets. His name's Tom Compton. And the only reason we signed him is because he's played with Kyle in both Washington and Atlanta. He's a backup guy. He's nobody special. But if you look, all we've done is trade the Forrest Buckner, re-sign AA, and re-sign the guys that we already had. So it looks like Niners are just going to keep it in-house and then work the draft and uh, let the board come to them. What about Cincinnati, man? Hold on one second, Mike. I think you, you, you're more knowledgeable in this than I am. If you give somebody an incentive-based contract, so if you've got a base of $9 million and you've got incentives that can take them up to 14 how does that structure in the salary cap? The reason why I'm asking that is if you give Robbie Anderson very low thresholds to reach, which he has throughout his whole career, Sign him for nine million. He could easily get to the fourteen that he wants. But how does that affect your whole cap structure? Well, see, here's the problem. This is what people aren't considering. Um, the problem is, is we run the ball too much, and that's why Emmanuel Sanders went to the Saints. Emmanuel Sanders got, I think, nine million a year for two years. Uh, nobody wants to come here because nobody's going to catch more than forty, fifty balls. That's that's the thing with the, with our offense. We don't feature anybody. Everybody's like, oh, go get OBJ. Go get Julio Jones. Go get uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Why? You're going to pay those guys 15, 16, 18, $19 million a year to do what? Block? Come on. Mm-hmm. You don't pay... You don't pay superstar receivers to do that. That's why these are, you're not going to get free agent wide receivers to come to the Niners. It's not going to happen unless you trade for one. Even if we traded, someone even convinced me. I laid my entire thought process on the table. Someone convinced me yesterday that getting OBJ, if we can restructure it beyond the acted right, would be a good idea. But there's so many, so many pitfalls that where it could ruin the whole thing right off the bat if he doesn't, if he's not willing to block because we run so much. If he's only willing to catch the ball four or five times a game, because we're not just going to magically start throwing the ball to uh, one guy 10 or 12 times a game. We have guys like Kittle who we can do that for. No wide receiver is going to come here because of that reason. That's why Emmanuel Sanders went to the Saints. This guy like Michael Thomas catch 150 balls and then lose in the first round of the playoffs. Well, you know what? I, I, I would like to um, offer another perspective on this because <laughs> – you have a team with the Niners where you have really high morale. And, you know, yes, OD, if ODB comes over, and, uh, yes, he's a guy that um, throws a fuss, and he's a guy that you may say, well, you got to really get him the ball to get him keep him active. But you, we had Emmanuel Sanders, and Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that is a very high-character guy more than ODB. Now, if you bring a guy with a perceived low character with high talent to a high morale team, he's going to get in line. Because of his low character, he's going to go with the flow more. So I don't disagree with people wanting ODB as much as they want if it makes uh, 
sense as far as money is concerned. I think he could be successful, and I think he would block. I mean, did you see Emmanuel Sanders block as much as he did? No, he got with the culture. He he got with oh, the, yeah. he got with the culture because this is the culture and they're winning and it's working. Right. So they right. he's I think he would get with the program. Yeah, I don't disagree. But you, even if he gets with the program, you can't pay a guy fourteen million dollars to block. You can't. Mm-hmm. You'd have to restructure him and reduce his cap space. Even if you just gave him a bunch of money up front and just like here, here's ten million dollars. Shut the fuck up and block. If that's mm-hmm. what you did, and he comes over here and he and he and he wants to win. See, that's the difference. Is is, is is Odell Beckham Jr. want? Does he want to win or does he want to collect stats? Michael Thomas, in my opinion, just wants to collect stats. He doesn't give a shit about winning. Personally, because the Saints are the fraud that we thought they were, and we knew that shit in the first quarter of the season. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know. But like you said, none of these receivers. Why would you not want to go on a team that just lost the Super Bowl? Why would you not want to do that? Because they know. They're not going to get the stats. They're not going to get the ball thrown to them. And if you want to catch four or five balls and get with the culture, cool. ODB, but John Lynch is not going to pay nobody ODB, that kind of money to just do that. ODB found out real quick what it's like to make a whole bunch of money and be on a losing team, and he is not happy with that. Let's not forget that little video after the Niners played the the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> where ODB was covering his mouth and whispering in Jimmy's ear, whispering sweet nothings. And oh, yeah. I wouldn't put it past the Niners to pick up a guy like that. Uh, but uh, what about Kansas City? Uh, not Kansas City, the Cincinnati Bengals. Their situation is very interesting because you got a quarterback over there. What do you do with him? You, you, they, I think they just franchised um, that receiver. And uh, agree. yeah, what do you? Agree. What do they do? I mean, I, what what can they do? They're gonna take Joe Burrows. Let me cut you off. They're going to take Joe Burrows with the number one pick. This is how the first three picks are going to go unless you see a trade. Joe Burrows is going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Washington Redskins are going to take Chase Young. And the Detroit Lions are going to take that cor- that star cornerback from Ohio State, Jeff Okada, whatever his name is. Well, what That's they, how it's going to go. Okay. All right. What about this? What do they do with the ginger kid? Because the ginger kid is an average quarterback that can be <laughs> above average sometimes. What do they do with him? You trade him. Yeah, Bill Belichick likes him, and he'd oh. be a superstar in Bill Belichick's office. Yeah, he would. He would. Yeah, they're done with Dalton. They're already. They, it's it's a done deal. Joe Burrow is going to be the new quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Guaranteed. I picked the top three last year. Unless there's a trade, that is exactly how the top three is going to go this year. I promise. Now, um... The Lions, though. Look at the Lions. The Lions just traded away their best corner, Darius Slay, to the Eagles. And we've seen this We've seen this uh, dog and pony show before. The Eagles get a star corner. Remember Nandi Asamoa that they, they got from uh, the Raiders? They get this star corner. They pay him a lot of money. What are going to do next? Are they, are they able to coach up their players enough to uh, go to the playoffs again? What, I don't know. Uh, you know? I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of Matt Patricia, man. What what do you guys think about him? Is he a good coach? He's no. trying to be like Belichick. He's trying to. Be I, have trying to le- I have two letters about Matt Patricia. N O. They were thirty first <laughs> in total defense. Thirty first, and he's a defensive specialist. What the fuck is going right. on here? Yeah, and they're already talking about moving Matt Stafford, which won't happen. But they're talking about Patricia's. Down over there. 
like the one he had in New England, and he's doing it all wrong. He's bullying people. Darius Slay was was tweeting, was like, yeah, when are the, the Lions going to trade me? This is stupid. I don't want to be here, you know? So obviously that guy doesn't respect those players. Uh, I think Mark's right. The answer is no. He's not a good coach. He's a hard-ass, but he's not winning. You can't be a hard-ass and lose. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know what? That's What's funny, you bring that up, uh, the Giants, uh, Matt, uh, what the fuck was the Giants uh, coach's name that won the Super Bowl last? That f- oh, Tom Coughlin? Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. You know, he, the year they won that first Super Bowl, or that, the Super Bowl that he won, um, he realized that he was being a hard ass on, and, and this is exactly what Mike said. He said he was being a hard ass on a losing team, and he started to get more personal with guys, and they fucking won the Super Bowl. It's, you know, I, that's mind-boggling. You, Mike, is uh, he said the fucking right thing. You cannot be a hard ass on a losing team. Fucking right, man. You can't. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the Niners competition, the Seattle Seahawks. What do you guys think about the moves that they made? Seattle Seahawks, um, as far as the defensive line is concerned, they might be in trouble. Um, with uh, Clowney, they're they're gonna have to re-sign that guy or do something better. As far as uh, the way the Seahawks, um, the way they, the way they uh, behave in the draft, they they're really good at picking up good players. And I wouldn't put put it past Carroll to uh, be able to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Seattle Seahawks are. It's always uh, as far as 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 long as Carroll is there, he they're always going to be the biggest competition for the Niners. Hundred percent. The Seattle is working on a deal for Clowney, so look for Clowney to resign there in the next probably week or so. Could be as early as tomorrow. Who knows? I know they're working on the deal, and like you said, Carroll Carroll coaches those players up so well. Even if you don't think, even if you don't like the player themselves. He magically gets stuff out of them, and it's the most annoying thing I've ever seen in my life. I hate the fact that that guy is as good as he is, and, you know, uh, like Brian said, until the Cardinals can unseat Seattle as being the best team in the division outside of us, it's going to be it's gonna be uh, Seattle. Seattle's going to be our, the phone on our side, and uh, it looks like once this 17-game season nonsense starts, it looks like they'll just add another divisional game which most likely we'll have to play Seattle three times a year. And uh, we'll have to have this conversation uh, even more than we really want to. But, yeah, it doesn't matter what Seattle's offensive line looks like or any of that. It's going to be them and us. As of yesterday, the site that I'm looking at, they were still negotiating with Bruce Irvin to sign him since he left Carolina. Mike, do you know if that deal had come Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Bruce Irving did sign that deal. He is officially back with the Seahawks. Wow, I didn't know that. Jeez. So that's going to yeah. change the perspective on Clowney. Because Clowney well, not signed Bruce Irving with Clowney to stay. Yeah, but Bruce Irving, well, he's, not, he's a name now. He's not, he's not the guy that used to be three or four years ago. He, he, he had eight, just another, well, he had eight, eight and a half sacks on that porous defense of Carolina. Uh, no, don't, don't sleep on Carolina's uh, front four, man. That front four is really good. They have a guy named Brian Burns over there who I really liked in the draft last year, and he went off. And he was the second-best rookie 
Jack Wise, uh, other than Nick Bosa. So you might not under, you might not know the players over there, but that Carolina defensive line is uh, quietly one of the best in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, don't don't sleep on them. Let's, let's you talk. think Greg Olson will make an impact on the Seahawks? Who? Greg Olson was tight in the area oh. where the Seahawks needed to upgrade. See, the funniest thing about that is they had Jimmy Graham when he was still in his prime, and they blew it. So, no, I don't think Greg Olson is going to do anything over there because they don't throw to their tight ends. They yeah. throw to their receivers. They got that DJ, that DK Metcalf kid that they're in love with. No, I don't think that Greg Olson is going to be this world beater of a tight end. They don't throw to their tight ends. Hell, they don't even use tight ends. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the league in tight end production. So, no, I, I think Greg Olson's a name, and he went to a place that's going to win. But Greg Olson is not going to be a productive player over there, man. He's going to be just like Jimmy Graham. Yeah, you know what? Um, they've flopped with all their free agent receivers pretty much. There's something about Carroll that where he's he's a defensive genius where he can pick up the right players, but his offense he he doesn't give a fuck about the offensive line to uh take care of his his uh star quarterback, probably the best fucking quarterback in the league, you know, behind Mayhomes. But uh and then he, he gets all these big name receivers it's just like it's like he has baby brain when it comes to the to the offense yeah is like, talk about Jerry's world oh, let's take a few minutes on yes. that oh okay. yeah let's talk about that 40 million dollars Dakota yes. Dakota wants here's let's talk happen. about that please here's what's going to happen because this is what Jerry does all the time he's going to talk shit in the media He's going to say that quarterback instead of Dakota, and uh, he's going to disrespect him in the in the media, and then he's going to pay the man what he wants. This is what he, he already gave Amari Cooper a hundred million dollars. That says everything I need to know about Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Did you guys die or? Yeah, no. No, that, I was. Wow, well, I was thinking that was such a that was such a bold I, statement. You. Pretty much slammed the door on that conversation. Yeah, I, thought, I thought we were going to go. I thought he was going to go on a tangent. I thought he was going to go on a tangent. So I was. I wanted to hear what he's going to say. I thought he's going to oh, go. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now nah, here's, man, you just here's some. I mean, I could. But here's some numbers. Ahead. Here's some numbers. You that, sort of cock blocked us on that one, Mike. Listen. Here's I'm some. Here's, about that, fellas. here's some numbers that are going to bug y'all out, man. Because the Dallas Cowboys are a fucking excellent team, but they're poorly coached, yeah. which is hilarious. Total offense, <laughs> is, total offense, first in the league. Rushing, fifth. Passing, second. Total defense, yeah. total defense as far as yards, ninth. Rushing defense, eleventh. Yeah. Passing, tenth. They're top ten in every fucking category. And they can't they fucking can't make the playoffs. <laughs> they can't make the playoffs because Jerry Jones does not know that he has a bad coach. Oh, wait. Didn't he get Mike McCarthy? Didn't he pull Mike McCarthy off his lazy boy? Oh, that's right. That's true. That is that is Jason, actually Jason, interesting. Jason Garrett's gone, man. I forget Jason about Garrett that. Jason Garrett is the assistant head coach in the, uh, the New York Super Bowl winning Giants. I forgot about that. You're right, Mike McCarthy. But what can Mike McCarthy 
win without a superstar quarterback. Now, Dakota, he he's had flashes of greatness, but I would see him as an average quarterback that flashes above average talent here and there when he feels like it. You know, can Mike Dakota McCarthy... was what third in yards this year? It was I think it was Jameis, Matt Ryan, and then Dakota. The, did you know that all five of the top uh, passing yard quarterbacks, all five of the top uh, uh, one through five, missed the playoffs? <laughs> all five of them, and everybody keeps talking about how great stats are. No, stats are for losers. Yeah. You just said something I've never seen someone be top 10. Here's the best part about Jerry Jones' team being top 10 in all of those things. Uh, Brian, Lisa, and Mark, open your mind to this. They're top 10 in all of those categories, but they're not top 10 in all of those categories every week. And what I mean is, is one week they'll be top 10 in rushing. One week they'll be top 2 in passing. One week they'll be top 10 in defense. But they're never all of that simultaneously mm. if they ever get to be all of those things in the same game simultaneously Dallas is going to be damn near unbeatable it's just pure talent they're they're not being coached well and Mike McCarthy has already yes. shown he, he can't put it he can't put together a defense he can't put together Mike the McCarthy right coaching. Cares less about running the ball he can't put together the right coaching to uh you know put together a good defense he doesn't run the ball effectively and he doesn't give a fuck about the offensive line so unless he changes his attitude or he's found enlightenment or something they're gonna be still spinning their wheel wheels in the fucking mud without positive traction right dallas cowboys are egos who lack chemistry they're yeah like a bunch of point guards who go out in a park and they just want to show off and be superstars. The key that we keep talking about is running game and defense consistently. The fact that you pointed out that the top five yard passers did make the playoffs, look at their teams. They lack chemistry. Yes. They have superstars. They don't have solid defenses. And they don't have guidance and chemistry. Fantasy football is ruining people's perspective on what stats really mean. Stats don't mean shit unless you win. If you're talking about how many yards you have in a losing effort, you're a loser. You're still a loser. <laughs> end, of, end of story. You can right. throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns in a losing effort, and at the end of the day, you are a loser. There's a analytics. Sense, analytics also has ruined sports. Yeah. A computer oh, will not be smarter. A computer will not be smarter in picking a team and telling you how successful they'll be than any of the three of us. Impossible. Yeah, Mark is that right. That PFF crap makes me sick, man. Mark is Mark is right because um, you know, there's there's the most important things that's happening that. Uh, gives you success in football. They there's no stats for that. Uh, the performance of an offensive line, they're blocking. Um, there's no stat for oh he successfully blocked this guy. But now the uh, PFF and football outsiders are actually putting together a system for that. I don't know how accurate it is, but they are putting together a system. Um, 
you know, and that's just one of those things. He's he's absolutely right, man. There's no qualifying. Go ahead. The only way you can potentially gauge how well an office line is doing is the number of sacks that they give up. Otherwise, there's really no informative stat that's out there. They can talk about how fast they're running back it's a hole, but if you've got a strong O-line, and I would like to have a team where none of my offensive linemen, people can name off the top of their head, because then you have no egos. They're just solid guys playing together. Yeah, that's, that's you basically just named the Patriots offensive line. Yeah, that's true. I got a dumpster fire, yeah. a smolder. It's yeah. not blazing. It's not a blazing dumpster fire so nobody's looking at it but this is a smoldering one the pittsburgh steelers they have a quarterback that is not any good anymore but he's still top three as far as how much he gets paid um they're passing last year they were 31st in passing and rushing they were 29th in total offense this is all about yards. Thirtieth. Well, Big Ben was hurt all last year. Mike, who's the kid who the the law firm quarterback the Steelers have? The law firm. So oh yeah, Devlin something something. Yeah, the, the uh, they nicknamed him the law firm. His first name's Devlin. Yeah, that guy. Exactly. That guy played really well. And they also had Rusin Madoff or Rudolph Ma- Rudolph Mason 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 Rudolph, the guy who got hit in the head by Miles Garrett with the helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah that dude. That dude. Uh, they had him, and he did average. And then this Devlin kid came in and lit the world on fire. Now, um, yes, you know uh, Big Ben. He was hurt all year, but he hasn't done anything for years. Oh yeah, I know. And he threatens to retire every year, and then the, the Pittsburgh Steelers cave because they don't want to miss out on him because he's a big name because he puts asses in seats still. And, uh, you know, and then they give him $20 million to flop around. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a joke, man. They did the right thing by letting AB go, but uh, they're just as poorly run as the rest of it. I'm surprised Mike Tomlin still still has a job over there, to be perfectly honest. Well, he won a Super oh, that's Bowl. His, he's got a job because of the Rooney rule. True. Yeah, probably. That's very true. But he's, he yeah. did win a Super Bowl. If not two, yeah. did he win two? No, but but the Rooney uh, rule yeah, has been the security. I feel. True. I mean, Tomlin's not a bad head coach. Who's the GM no. over there? Because they are so good at uh, picking wide receivers, but uh, you know, they're just not putting it together anymore. They they lose their top rusher. They lose their top receiver, the best receiver in the league, with uh, Brown, A A B. I've, in yeah. my opinion, he was the best receiver in the league. Um, yeah. How the fuck did they lose that shit? Why did all those guys jump ship the way they did? Well, I don't know. Maybe snowball effect. AB, AB was a cancer, man. AB's crazy, man. I got lost of mind. I don't know. I have no idea. Let's talk about the team that's done nothing in free agency <laughs> virtually at all. The Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh well. They're, Why they're, have they done gonna, nothing? Are they standing pat? There's nothing to yeah, do. Yeah, because 
There's nothing to do. You have Aaron Rodgers. That team's going to go 12 and 4 again and be the biggest charlatan in the NFC, just like they always are, just like the Saints. Everybody's going to get confused because they keep putting W's up in the, one of the worst divisions in the league. But let's let's ignore that. Um, you know they're uh, they're just as shitty as they were before. And no offense, I'm sorry, but currently I'm going to say this. And I know I, I think Brian's going to disagree with me, and maybe this is I'm saying this a year too soon. But Aaron Rodgers is just a name. He's no longer Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. He's just a name. He's just standing around. He was he was defeated. The last two times he played the Niners last year, he did not want any part of that game. He looked totally uninterested. And he, I don't know, man, I think that guy is just toasting. Uh, in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback anymore, man. Yeah, he's still Aaron Rodgers, but he's not that guy anymore. He doesn't. Who's he going to throw the ball to now? He's a, that Cobb's gone. He's, he's got Cam, nobody now. You know what? He's a Cam, he's a Cam Newton type. Um, when Cam Newton was coming out of college, you know, the guy won a whole bunch of games and he did not know how to lose. And what would he do when he lost? He would sulk his, his body language would fall. And that's the same thing that Aaron Rodgers does. He's looking on the ground, you know, his shoulders drop and his team, uh, reflects that his team is going to act the same way. He doesn't give a shit anymore, man. He's tired of losing. He's only won one Super Bowl for a reason. This is this is another point of uh, that I, I really despise about fans is that they don't see. You can have the best quarterbacks in the league, and it's been proven over and over again. You, know, you can have Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, or whoever, but if you don't have a total team D uh, or a total team across the board, you don't win Super Bowls. That's why guys like Peyton Manning only have two, and that second one he got dragged to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl because of his defense. So I'm really getting sick and tired of these people that think it's a quarterback league. No, it's not. That's what they tell you. That's what they, that, That's why those guys make all that money so they can sell, sell the uh, tickets to put you in seats. Quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls, man. Total teams do. Coaching wins Super Bowls. Quarterbacks just throw the ball. If that was the case, the Saints would have won the Super Bowl last year. Michael Thomas had 150 meaningless catches in in, in the in the regular season, and then totally and utterly disappeared against the team they had no business losing to, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, zero. I don't want to hear shit. I don't want to hear shit about this quarterback-driven league bullshit. It's only quarterback-driven because you're told that it's quarterback-driven. It's not. Quarterbacks get paid what they do because they're the ones that bring all the people to the stadium. That's why they make that much money. They're not the ones that are the driving force of winning championships. Bullshit. Tom Brady has six rings, four of those I can pinpoint. Defense won four of those championships for him. And Bill Belichick is the reason. And the other point you brought up earlier, Brian, way before, and I'm going to say this, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, at least for the next two years until Brady retires, are going to be in a race to see who does better every year. Is Brady going to win more games, or is Belichick going to win more games? And if Belichick wins more games by the time Tom Brady retires, people are going to start questioning whether Tom Brady was only good because of Belichick, and it's going to hang over his entire Hall of Fame career for the rest of his life. Let's talk about the team who has quietly, I think, solidified themselves as the favorite to win the Super Bowl that no one's talking about. The Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah. All they've done, oh, yeah. Michael Brockers, 
Calais Campbell, who I think has got a lot of life left. They signed, wow. they franchise tagged Matt Judon, their edge rusher. Yes. And yes. they signed uh, center. Um, they have hindered their center. The only thing. That is going to be ridiculous. The Go only ahead, problem that I have with the Baltimore Ravens this year is, is Lamar Jackson as far as his running is concerned. He did it. He did a great job. They were first in rushing yards last year, but this guy is taking hits. He's he's not sliding. He's being tackled. He's being hit, and that's going to take a toll. Unless he's uh, unless he's some goddamn superhero or something. Um, I don't think. I think the teams are, might be ready for the Baltimore Ravens, and he's going to have to pass the ball more. And if that's the case, they were 27th in passing last year. People are going to – teams have seen 16 games with Lamar Jackson and how good that offense was, and now they're going to be ready for that running shit, and I think he's going to have to pass the ball more, and he might look average, even though Baltimore, I think, is going to be still a good team. All right, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson all he has to do – is look average. The first year when he replaced Flacco, he was nervous and he kept on fumbling the ball. Last year, he matured a lot because Jim Harbaugh spent more time with him and he was just below average. If he matures and winds up being average and if the stud defense the Ravens are going to put out there stays healthy, they're not going to need him to do more than throw the ball 25 times, their running game is solid, I think they're going to leave the league in defense and maybe not give more than 12 points a game on average. The moves they made, no one's talked about, but I think they were brilliant. Yeah, I agree. They realized that uh, he's not going to be able to win game after game after game with his arm. He's not a pocket quarterback. And all someone has to do is come off that edge and stick their helmet behind Lamar Jackson's knee, and that team is seven and nine. Yeah, Mark Roman. End of story. Mark Roman. I've watched Mark Roman very carefully, and Mark Roman, his offense is extremely good until he gets to the playoffs. Then somehow teams can figure him out, you know, and that's gonna that's gonna be more and more true as the years go by with Mark. Roman with a, a fucking headset on his head. Uh, I I see uh, the Baltimore Ravens is getting to the playoffs again and exiting early this year. Yeah, maybe it's like around exit this year, but yeah. They, well, they know. No, I think they their defense they is going to make an impact. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Definitely. No, no I think their defense, if their defense stays healthy, they will just dominate. They won't have high-scoring games. They might average 17 a game and give up 12. They're not going to be a beautiful Cirque du Soleil team. They're going to be a bunch of junkyard dogs who are out there grinding and playing. And that team's learning how to play with chemistry. you got to give Jim Harbaugh a lot of credit, more than his brother. Jim Harbaugh is consistent in his own John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, sorry. Let's talk about the Los Angeles. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, Just for man. a second. 
thing his ego got to him a couple of years ago. I think Philip Rivers has transformed into this generation's Brett Favre. He makes a, a lot of good decisions and put up decent stats, but he makes he makes a comedy of errors, and, yeah. it, and it's almost like he does it on purpose. <laughs> I mean, that playoff game that he just played in, I mean, I feel like, how do you, I don't know, man. Philip I Rivers think he does it out of frustration. Philip Rivers had one of the best uh, teams of all time when he, when he had LT, Marty Schottenheimer, and they fucked off that Super Bowl run that they were trying to make in those three years. Preposterous, man. I don't know. Philip Rivers is one of the biggest question marks in NFL history as far as quarterbacks go, man. That guy should have been way better. That guy should have rings, man. Rings. Think, yeah, I think the Multiple. Chargers, their windows have closed. You know, I think their, their uh, greatest opportunity was last year. If they would have fucking mm. had Gordon... If they would have had Gordon, if they would have paid him, and he's trotting yeah. out on the field super happy, if they would have just paid that guy. They were rushing. They were 28th last year. If they yeah. Just they had that one backup kid who played pretty well, too, but he's not a workhorse. They were, they were really good defensively. If they would have just been able to rush the ball, man, I think they would have been able to, uh, they would have been able to compete with uh, the Chiefs. Because, yes, the Chiefs yeah. are a much better team be- only because of Mayhomes, but because of the fact that they play them every single year, twice a year, they the players know each other. They can read each other's body language, and they can compete. Whereas yeah. the Chiefs play another team out of the division, and they're fucking throwing 50 points up. Yeah. Let's talk about the Saints. Oh, the yes. Saints who were scared to let Tyson Hill get away because they were worried that they would have to face him in either Tampa or Carolina. So they locked him all up. They first round that guy. Yes. They think they've got... $4 million. Yeah. (laughs) That's my point. Uh, That is the most egregious. That is literally... There, you got it on tape. That is the most egregious... (laughs) First round tendering of, of a player that I've ever seen, probably in the last ten years. People were trying to say that this guy's got Hall of Fame quarterback potential. He's twenty eight years old. What are you talking about? Against a good defense like the Niners, he was totally erased. We made him a we made him an afterthought. The only teams he went off against were teams that didn't know how to didn't know how to coach up gimmick plays. Who are you talking about? Fucking ridiculous, man. You're talking about Michael Thomas? Jason Hill. Oh, Jason Hill. No, Jason Hill. 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 Oh, okay. The white quarterback that, that the Saints keep using is a wide receiver. Yeah, that was... Why did you have to say white quarterback? That was interesting. Choice of words. Wide oh. quarterback. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I get confused. Sometimes I don't realize, you know. <laughs> like what <laughs> was his, his first name, Taysom, and you thought, gee, this guy's white? So, you yeah, know. Yeah, his last name's Hill. There's no, you know, like Hank Hill. He's white, obviously. <laughs> Come on. He's 28 years old, and I don't think he's even thrown 28 passes in his career. He hasn't. I think his numbers are like 15 passes. I think he's completed four of them. But you know what? I think the Saints did that because they're they're pretty much set as far as talent is concerned, and there was no one else to use that that tender on. They want to keep the guy, so fuck it. Let's use it on him. Who else are going to use it on? Here's what I think they did that for. 
that gas you can hear they said, oh, this guy's going to be a good pass. I think they were trying to lure some team into giving up a first-round pick for a quarterback that really isn't any good. That's what I think they did. The well, biggest story in New Orleans is that Sean Payton's got the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he might miss the season if uh, he doesn't heal up. He missed the season before, and they, uh, they didn't do too well. So uh, Yeah, when he got suspended. Yeah, that Greg Williams thing. Yeah, that Greg Williams thing. Yeah. Um, the New Orleans Saints, they're a very talented team right now on defense and offense, even special teams. But um, they're, I feel like they're just a, another one of these, uh, just like the Chargers. They just, the only thing that's missing is a culture of winning. Anger is yeah. what's missing. Uh, yeah. You know, trauma. Trauma is what's missing. They need something. Yeah. They need to get smacked and just get mad. They're not mad enough. Well, they, they signed know. Malcolm right. Jenkins. Oh yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, and he did not. Malcolm Jenkins in the past six years started all sixteen games, so he's very resilient. Yeah, he was on their Super Bowl winning team. Uh, of the original time when he first played there, he they drafted him. <clears throat> yeah. So speaking of the Eagles, what do you, we think about them? Who's their starting quarterback over there now? Um, oh, that the kid from North Dakota State who's been there three years. Uh, the, the Wentz? Uh, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, I mean, they added they added Darius Slay, who's a good cornerback, but they've done that before. Um, if they can keep their defensive line uh, stocked, because they have Brandon Graham over there still, um, if they can keep that defensive line stocked and get some decent linebackers, uh, you might they might win a couple games strictly on defense. I mean, the, this draft is full of receivers, so if they can get a, a, a receiver or two in this draft and uh, just go full Chiefs mode and try to score 30, 45 points a game, Eagles might actually be a decent team. I don't think they win that division, though. No. I think if uh, I think Brian's right, if uh, the Dallas Cowboys ever get off their ass and get a decent coach over there, um, who's their defensive coordinator? I know didn't they fire Wade Phillips? Oh no, wait, Wade Phillips was in uh, was on the Rams. He's in the Rams. Rams. On the Rams. Uh, actually, they fired him. The Philadelphia Eagles made a huge mistake. They should have kept Nick Foles. Nick Foles was winning yeah. fucking games. <laughs> Nick Foles won them a goddamn Super Bowl. They they were winning games. Why don't you fucking get yeah. rid of Wentz? Yes, Wentz was playing really well until he got injured. Trade him for two fucking first round picks. You got a guy that took you to a Super Bowl and you ship him off? Holy fuck. Well, um, you're right, Brian. Logic says that that's the right move. Um, but the problem is the panic mode was because of the drafting slotting that they that they picked the Wentz up in, they couldn't do that. They would have been crucified. And you know how perception is in the NFL. Perception is real. So uh, they did what the public said that they should have done and kept Wentz. But in reality, if all things were even, Carson Wentz should have been traded. Mm. So, mm-hmm. You're very you're absolutely right. But the NFL is not about reality it's about perception and what people think you should do and what puts money in pockets and what clearly wasn't the right move because now with your next falls now he's a broken injured qb who keeps getting traded 
<laughs> in honor of our friend Dennis, let's spend a couple of minutes on the New York football giants. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, let's. And the Jets, because he roots for both teams, which I strongly, yeah. which I, I vehemently admonished him for. I told that motherfucker, you cannot be a fan of two goddamn teams. And uh, he didn't, uh, he didn't respond. Anyway. Well, yes. he also, he also roots for uh, Green Bay because uh, his uh, uh, wife is a Green Bay Packers yeah. fan. So I understand why he did that. But you're right. Rooting for both New York teams is, uh, that's uh, grounds for dismissal from the entire state. What moves have, have the uh, Giants made in the free, in free agency and offseason? They've signed a bunch of guys whose names I've never heard of other than they signed Colt McCoy to back up Danny Dimes. But they signed they sign? James, James Bradbury, a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Nate Martin, a defensive back. Yeah. Kyler, back roll. Um, yeah. Cam Fleming. Blake Martinez, David Mayo. Oh, Blake what? Martinez is a is a good linebacker from uh, Green Bay, and that Bradbury kid, James Bradbury, is a good cornerback from Car- from Carolina. David Mayo, I think, was he a uh, in Tampa? Maybe David. No, David Mayo played for the Niners last uh, the year before oh. last, and then he went to the Giants last year, and oh, they resigned him. And they resigned him. David Mayo came out of nowhere. And he's been playing his ass off. Him and Blake Martinez should be a good one-two punch over there. Uh, yeah, they re-signed Leonard Something. Williams. Uh, they only did that because they had to, because they traded a pick for him. See, Brian, that's another that's another free agent signing where it's all about perception. If you'd have cut Leonard Williams, and like, well, why did you trade all that draft capital for him? They would have gotten crucified in the media, mm. and you know how the media in New York is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. A, son, a backup tight end from the Niners, Levine Toliolo. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he's like six eight. Yeah, he's a blocker. He's he's nothing special. He's really tall though. Yeah, so that so I don't know. It's as weak as that division is in the NFC East. I still think the Giants are going to be bottom feeders. Yeah, I mean, if the Giants went eight and eight, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I, like you said, that team is still poorly coached. If you think Daniel Jones is gonna, you know, drag you to more than eight wins, you're lying to yourself. Unless they, unless they go out and uh, kill it in the draft and get a bunch of defensive studs, which the Giants can't coach up defensive studs since the '80s. Uh, I highly doubt anything is gonna come of the Giants. And the Jets are the Jets. I mean, what do you want to talk about them? Before we leave the Giants, we, they've proven that they don't know how to draft. You have the 6th and the 17th pick, and you take Daniel Jones 6, and you pass on that stud who went down to Jacksonville, when you would have gotten Daniel Jones at 17 or 217, or he would have been Mr. Irrelevant. So the Giants don't know what they're doing in the draft based on how they did recently. Yeah, you know, um, the Giants, uh, I agree with Mike. They're, they're going to keep flopping around. I don't think that they made the right moves as far as head coach is concerned. 
Um, yeah, they had to move on from Coughlin, but uh, Coughlin is, I'm not totally sure that that guy is not senile. Um, uh, as far as the Jets are concerned, the Jets are the Jets. Their, uh, their best, their last good coach was uh, Ryan, and uh, he lost his mojo too. So not a lot to talk about there. They need to uh, get the fat guys on both sides of the ball. And they're just not doing that. <laughs> no, they're not. So we got five minutes uh, left here, guys. Um, I think we should just go ahead and wrap it up. This is a great show. Yeah. And uh, good. you guys are uh, magical. All right. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Hey, if you guys have nothing to do from 1230 to 1, 